This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Picture this, you're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to monday.com. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Welcome. This is another edition of that Mill podcast. This is episode 41. Uh, joining me tonight is the one and only Kai. Good evening. Good evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. And we've got a special guest on tonight, the one and only Merv Payne. Good evening, Merv. Hello, Mick. Hello, Kai. Hello, mate. Good to have you. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's one. It was one of those games last night where um, it was probably not even a game of two halves. So what we do is we're going to talk transfer window, your thoughts on uh, that or the lack of that. Uh, we'll talk about last night's game and we'll talk about Rowett as well. And uh, Kai's got some other questions and we'll see where we go. 
So, look, we'll be straight back after this, where we're kicking to part one. Right, welcome back. This is part one of that Millwall podcast, episode 41. Um, we'll start with you then, Merv. Uh, transfer window or lack of transfer window for us. Um, what's your thoughts on January's transfer window? Um, I'm not surprised, to be honest. Uh, I mean, the January window's sort of famously crap anyway at the best of times, you know, Teams are sort of scared of spending money. Um, and, I mean, it's apart from the usual sort of the usual team sort of spending silly amounts and stuff like that. You know, we, to get a couple of loans, I think there's no, not no real surprise. And, uh, I mean, I know there was all sorts of rumours about us getting Ick Piazza and what was the other rumour? Oh, Hugo, wasn't it? We both ended up like the Cardiff. And Cardiff then lost Kiefer Moore. Uh, but when you look at I mean, what's going on in the championship, I think the, the, the weirdest signing was um, oh God, what's he got? The, the guy from Norwich who went to Bournemouth. Yeah, that's what we're sort of competing with. This is a bloke who Man City were interested in not so long ago. Uh, Campwell, that's it. And and suddenly Bournemouth are snapping him up. I mean, God knows what they're paying him in wages. And I know I know fans are probably sick of us saying, oh, we can't compete money wise. But I just think yeah, there is some sort of silly silly sort of fees being spent and. I think the position we're in, I think the playoffs are probably out of the question, barring a little, a nice little run like we did a few years ago. We're not going to go down. Um, and I just think there was no, probably no need to go too mad anyway. Um, I don't know, I'm, that's how I'm, I'm sitting on the fence a little bit, but I just wasn't surprised. You know, a disappointing transfer window is part of being a Mill supporter, to be honest. I think that's, no, that, that's, I, I totally not get myself too worked up about it, to be honest with you. I, 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 yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's, yeah. I think I think it's good that we got rid of a lot of deadwood. Yeah, um, we cleared the wage bill to a degree, which is mm. probably being spent on the players who come in. But yeah. no, I, I, you know, Kai, what's your view? Before I give you my view, um, my view is that um, I think obviously, as most of we both, well, you probably all expected a little bit, maybe a little, you know, a lot of fans expected a little bit busier of a transfer window. Um, the only thing that does concern me is that. The fact that there's about, I think there's about six, seven or eight attackers that are due to go in the summer, if you include Benicophobia, Shea Joe, Oli Burke, and obviously Freeman, um, as well as Jed, Mahoney, and the rest of them. So that does concern me. I think the only strikers we've got now, like tied down now, are uh, Bennett, and uh, if you call him a striker, more probably more of an attacker midfielder slash striker, um, and obviously Bradshaw. So uh, I don't think I'm missing anyone. So I think the summers, there's definitely going to be a big sort of overturn in the attacking department because it's going to need to be, especially if Jed goes and Mahoney goes. Um, and obviously, it'd be nice if we can get maybe Benikofobi back, Shea Yojo back, and obviously see how Oli Burke and Freeman do in the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, it would be very nice to sort of do a little bit now so we did have to do less in the summer. Um, but, yeah, that, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, that's the only thing I would maybe maybe say. No, I agree. And I think my, my only thoughts are is that uh, I think possibly the board didn't necessarily support him massively in this window. Um, I think they wanted to get rid of all the, the wage bill. Um, and I think the one thing that was obvious was that you could see that to a degree because Rowett's come out in the papers telling you what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. He wants young, attacking, you know, um, pace people. And then all of a sudden we bring in a 29-year-old. Uh, you know, and didn't even come in on transfer day, come after transfer day. Okay, we've got um, Burke, 
And to be fair, he does look, I reckon, once he's had a few more games under his belt and he settles in, his pace will be frightening quick for the championship. I think, you know, as long as he can find his form, I think his pace is going to be really, really good. But, you know, as transfer windows go, I'm just, you know, which we'll come on to a bit later on, I just I just wonder if, um, you know, they, they really wanted some big signings in with money just in case um, Rowett's contract doesn't get renewed at the end of the season, just so they haven't got what they had with Bedvardson and et cetera, et cetera, sitting there on the wage bill. Um, sad to see Ben Thompson go. I think Ben Thompson was, you know, is one of our own. Um, and I think various managers just never gave him enough, um, never gave him enough run of consistency in games. I think if someone had given him 20 games, it, you know, on the bounce, I think he would have been a better player. But hey-ho, we, we are there. Go on, Merv. Yeah, I think what we've seen with, with Rowett is, and I think without using that excuse, I think obviously Kobe interrupted this, but I think what we've seen in this transfer window perhaps is, is, is Rowett's assessment of what he inherited, the Harris signings. You know, he obviously was desperate to get rid of Bodvarsson. And I think it's clear he never rated Thompson. I don't think he rates Mahoney. Um, I think he likes Bradshaw, and I've always thought Bradshaw, as long as you play him in a two, um, it's going to score goals for you, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, this is Rowett's assessment of what he's inherited. And I think if you could get him on air, for example, you know, he would in his defence, he would say, well, you know, I arrived at the club quite suddenly, you know, and it was just a couple of months after Harris had brought in these players, like Smith and and Bodvarsson and, and, and Mahoney. So he was sort of lumbered with him in a way. Um, whether or not it suits his style of play, I think that's another debate, really, the, the Rowett style of play. But you've got to give any manager uh, the opportunity to bring in their own players. And as we know with Millwall's budget, and especially as it's been affected by COVID, losing, like, I think it's 30 million quid, I think we've lost. Um, it, it's gonna, that's going to take a bit longer than it would normally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that what we've seen is, is, is Rowett's first real opportunity to sort of sort out the players he wants and, and get rid of the players he inherited that he doesn't rate. And it's just going to be a slow process, I, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think I, I think you probably nailed it on the head. You know, I think probably it speaks that maybe Smith was on fairly big wages to go on a free. But mm. Vardson obviously is a loan, I think, isn't it? But it's no, a no, loan. It's, a, it's a free, yeah, it's free transfer. It's oh, it was a free. Yeah, yeah. It was a free. So, you know, to get rid of those... Potentially, if you believe the rumours that Bedvardson was on good money, mm. um, which you know I never really believe those figures will come out. But no. if you do believe that, potentially there's there's two players off what you know it realistically could be on fairly good money, and then get rid of some more. There's rumours what have been floating around um, since we were doing Friday Night Live, you know, eighteen months ago during the first lockdown that. Rowett and, and Thompson had fallen out um, and didn't see eye to eye. Mm. So potentially, you know, if that's been ongoing, and, and it's not the only rumour, there seems to be, you know, various rumours. There was a, a WhatsApp chat gone round the other day um, talking about, you know, how Rowett is towards the players and a lot of players feeling unease and all of that lot. So I think, to be fair, they probably didn't need to do loads of signings. I think maybe they need to work on on building the team what's there, but you know I think that's probably a harder battle than than 
than what it is really. I think um, I agree with you on your first comment, uh, January transfer windows ain't that good um, as a whole for Millwall or for, for most teams. Um, just hope that whatever happens, we we keep hold of, you know, some of the players we've got because most of them have got contracts up at the end of the season mm. uh, and, and see where we go. Um, but, yeah, let's go to last night's game then. Um, what's your views on last night's game then, Merv? Um, right. I wasn't there, but obviously you could, you could tell from all the various comments of people who were and from Paul Merson, um that obviously it wasn't. It was a pretty pretty poor game, even by sort of recent standards. But I think there was a lot of frustration as well that we seem to back up these decent wins. We get we get a good win, like Birmingham. We beat Birmingham back in December, for example. And you think, right, run, run away now, and then we, we back it up with a, a another sort of a poor performance. But like I say, I think a lot of it boils down to the to the system that they're playing, which again is a huge separate debate, really. But um, but yeah, I mean. So I was at Blackpool a couple of weeks ago, and um, and you know, the, the only way to describe it is uninspiring. I mean, I saw loads of comments from Blackpool fans and Millwall fans saying like, how quiet we were there, and we had a good following there, aren't we? about nine hundred fans there. And it, it doesn't the way that the way they play doesn't doesn't just get get the fans going, you know. And I think the Preston manager last night described it as a perfect away performance, which suggests he was happy with a nil nil. And uh, we're sort of parking the bus, and it was up to us to sort of break them down. And as we know, we just can't do that, which is probably what contributes to such a boring game. But yeah, I mean, the, the, it's the system, the system, the way we're playing. I think is the real bone of contention at the moment. What system do you think we should be playing? Do we think we should be playing, uh, you know, uh, uh, like a three at the back or a four at the back or more attacking? Well, take the Blackpool game as an example. I mean. Blackpool were, were very average. They, you know, apart from two, their two key players, and that was their two wide players. They've got uh, Hamilton, I think, is on the left, and they've got Bowler on the right. And what they did was every time Blackpool had the ball in their half, they just looked for those two players, and they were hanging out wide on the right or left. You know, on the they were hugging the touchline, waiting for the ball, and um, and we attacked or we sort of attempted to get in the Blackpool half. Blackpool dispossessed us quite easily and straight away they were looking for Bowler or Richardson and it was no surprise that you know uh, Blackpool's first chance came from Bowler and their goal came from Richardson and it's I mean I used to I used to work with a Chelsea fan when I was a teenager I used to work used to do a part-time job at Sainsbury's in the, in the warehouse and there was a Chelsea fan there he was in his 40s and he would he would cut down any football debate with the same comment and it was that, that football is the simplest game in the world and it used to do my but he's got a point. I mean, football is very simple. And I think it's overcomplicated by tactics and systems and formations. And if you think about any decent, any successful Millwall team or any successful team full stop, apart from maybe the, the, the Man Cities of this world, they've had quick, wide players. You know, you think the Paul Eiffels, the Jimmy Carters, you know, Kevin O'Callaghan's, players like that, even Hackett. Under, under Kenny Jacket, you know, the wide players with pace, you get the ball to them. And not only do they, they create chances, but they, they, they get the fans going as well. And I, mean, I, I remember Jimmy Carter saying um, he felt a great responsibility when he was playing for Millwall. 
that when he got the ball, the fans, there was a visible or an audible sort of buzz in the fans. They thought something special was going to happen and he felt he had to sort of deliver that. But at Blackpool, I mean, it was, it was really, really, really hard to watch. You know, we roll, Bart would roll it out to one defender. He'd turn around and pass it to another. He'd turn around. We'd look at... You know, we'd look look for a pass forward. No one seemed to want it, so we'd turn around and pass it square again. Then we'd finally try and get forward. And Afobi was so far away from this play, you know, he obviously desperate for a, for some service, wasn't getting it. And then we'd try and go over the halfway line. Blackpool would take it off us, and, and, and that would be it. And it's really, really hard to watch, and it's hard to understand why when we've got a player like uh, Bury, for example, why we're not being just more attacking. Now, whatever formation it is, I think it's more the attitude. It's more what the players are being told. I mean, I know Mitchell's getting a lot of stick now. So I saw a comment, an interesting comment, saying he's basically turned into last year, into Ryan Woods like last year, where he's scared to go forward with the ball. But yeah, I saw that been, comment. Yeah, these players are being told to play that way. You know, I remember there's a, there's a classic. Um, I think a fan had a go at Morrison once one year, telling him to do something, and he's and he actually come out and said, "Well, end of the day, the manager's told us to play a certain way for a reason, and you do that." You know, and, you know, that's, whether we like it or not, that's the way these players are being told to play. And, and unfortunately, I think it's turning good players, or potentially good players, into into boring players or, you know, a boring sort of football. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what, I, I'm, I'm not one for, it's sort of, I'm, I cringe a little bit when I see supporters discussing tactics in detail and talking about false nines and false tens and this, this formation when you've got the ball, that formation you haven't got the ball, because... So I hark back to that bloody Chelsea fan and saying, you know, football is simple. And I think what any defender hates is someone who's got pace. He hates people running at him. And we saw with us when, when especially Bowler got the ball for Blackpool, our defence was, was was terrified, you know. And yet when we brought Bury on, he had the same effect on the Blackpool. And suddenly I thought, shit, we've got a bleeding game on here. But because yeah. we were chasing the game by then, we were 1-0 down. Yeah. It was easy for them to put, they could put two, they could just pack the defence, put two players on it. But the minute he got the ball, their defence is thinking, bloody hell, you know, we've got, we've got, we've got a job on here. But before that, we were just strolling around and, and they, they thought, well, this is easy. We'll just wait for them to, we'll wait for them to try and cross the halfway line. We'll take it off and we'll pick their pockets. And, that is it. You know, That's frustrating. Really frustrating. Kai coming in. Yeah. You're come, taking over. Coming in, Kai. Tell us. You were there last night. You were there last night in the press box. I mean, I watched it last night as well and I, and, you know, I, I, I'll give you my opinion in a minute. But Kai, what was your overall opinion? I know we've got your match report on a YouTube channel if, if you haven't seen it or you want to listen to it. But what was your overall last night, fella? Um, disappointing, frustrating. Um, first half was a bit of a non-event, if I'm being honest. So I don't really remember much that happened. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in the first half. Um, it sort of went quite quickly. You kept looking up at the board thinking, God, there's 40 minutes gone here. I don't think my other team's actually done anything here. Um, probably the most noticeable thing of the first half was Keith absolutely like thunderbite yeah, one. Yeah. I think it was going in. So um, no, that was a good strike. Keith had two shots, I think, yes, last night. Um, yeah. yeah, but they, 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 I thought he, you know, hit them well, and probably that was the only real um, attack or effort on goal, really. Um, apart from that, both teams seemed pretty, um, you know, but they just they just kept giving the ball away. Um, Preston kept passing it straight to us or losing losing it to us, and we did the same for them. It was sort of a it was a really poor game in terms of like standard wise. I thought both teams were pretty poor. Um, second half, I thought it improved for the first maybe ten minutes of the game. I thought we looked more lively. Jed came on. Obviously, they missed a the penalty, 
Um, I think Bart would have got there by the looks of it, by the looks of the replay. I think Bart, if it would have been on the other side of the post, I think Bart would have got there anyway. Um, but that was probably the only talking point of the game, the penalty. Other than that, I don't really... I mean, Benicophobia had a couple of times where he, he runs through on goal. If he touches a little bit better, he probably scores. But other than that, there wasn't much much else. What what last night proved, and, you know, that was definitely a penalty. I mean, you can't, you know, pulling the shirt, Hutchinson, silly, silly, silly mistake. Frustration probably got the better of him there. But what you've got to ask yourself is the thing that was missing last night was we had no proven striker. And, um, you know, a phobia was there on his own. He couldn't really, you know, he kept running for stuff, but he just didn't necessarily have the pace last night. The balls were a bit long. Some of the shots were, you know, massively long. I mean, who was it who passed back? Was that Cooper? Was it? No, it wasn't Cooper, was it? It was um, well, Murray Wallace, wasn't it? Who passed back and fucking the ball went out of play <laughs> for a corner. And you're thinking, you know, whether or not the pitch was very fast, I don't know whether or not they didn't water it enough or, or didn't do anything with it tactically like that. But the pitch seemed very fast. Kicks, you know, passes what were going in seemed to be very, very quick. And some of them couldn't get on the back of them. Um, and I just think it proves what we said plenty of times before. We need a proven goal scorer who can score 20 goals a season. Because if a phobia was up there with, you know, two up there or, or, or you know, maybe playing in a part of a three... You'd have had more people possibly what we're going to do. And they just, you know, we need proven strikers. And again, we haven't got them. Hopefully, with Burke and, and Freeman, that, you know, they're, they're forward attacking players as such. Hopefully, they will give us a bit of a dimension. But at the moment, you know, we just, it was as if we were zeroing out. We, we basically were blocking Preston and Preston were blocking us, which wow. made for a very boring game. Um, I don't think the Preston keeper really had a save, apart from obviously maybe Keith's shot, what he got a hand to, I think. But other than that, I think Bart was was diving more than than the Preston keeper. Kai? Yeah, no, he did, he did make a he made a good save in the first half off uh, Emil Reese. He got down low to his to his right. Um but no, I think it was just a it was just weird game. Like it just went so quickly and there wasn't actual I think the fact that the ref only added on three minutes of stoppage time clearly showed that I don't think anyone wanted the game to go on any longer than it did. I think it was a, it was a pretty hard watch. Um, yeah. I thought second half when Jed came on and Beery came on, there was a lot more excitement and, and I thought Beery looked good. I, Dan Marsh put a good, good tweet out last night. It says something like, when Beery comes off on it, when he gets the ball, um, there's a real sense of excitement because he doesn't yeah, know yeah. what he's going to do with it, but yeah. either do we, but the fact that he's running at players and he's, and he's exciting the crowd, that's what, that's what we need. We need a player like Bury to come on, run with it, and take players on. And I think that's what he does. So that I, mean, you know. I don't think it was necessarily Rowett's tactics yesterday. I think the players just didn't look as if they wanted to really, you know, do a lot. And I think maybe if you blame him, I think maybe the subs should have come on earlier so that we had a bit of pace to run at people. And then I think maybe that would have livened up the game a bit. But I don't know. The players just look no passion, tired. Yeah. They don't, you know, they just don't look... Great. I mean, I don't know what's going on at the training. You know, you've seen bits and pieces of videos where they're saying they don't have food at the training ground, the, tra- the food's being brought over. Are they training at the training ground? Are they training at the den? You know, what's going on? What what What's happening? But they don't seem to be... I don't know. To me, I don't agree with this thing of where you get players going, oh, we don't... You know, we're, we're turning against the manager. Well, the only people you're spying are yourselves and us what pay the tickets. If you don't like the manager... Okay, fair enough. You don't like the manager, 
But go out there and play the game how you want to play it. If you think that his tactics, what he's given you before the game, are complete dog shit, then go out there and play. 11 fellas on a pitch. I could pick 11 fellas on a pitch and, and make sure that, you know, they're in the positions what they want to be in. And off we go. I mean, we've done, you know, we've done the Wonderwall Cup. We had 11 ex-players and everything else. We didn't really do any managerial tactics. We didn't get out of board and go, right, we want you to go here and there. We just went, boys, the task is win the game. And they were playing. We had ex-players playing against the F2 boys. And they went out and fucking done a game. We're talking, you know, TV stars and, and you know, movie stars, Tamil, you know, Tamil Hussein and all that, you know, old old stars and whatnot, but old players, Mark Beards, Alex Ray, et cetera, et cetera, who will go out and just play football. They know what they need to do and, and they win and they score goals. Why you can't have modern-day footballers doing the same, why they need to be tactical analysis of, you know, the ins and outs of a duck's arse, it's quite easy. That fucking bit around lever in the middle of the pitch needs to go in their goal. Now fucking go do it. How, how hard is it? Yeah. The, the it's is, not hard, is it? Yeah, I think the problem is, Mick. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Footballers are a cynical bunch, aren't they? And what I think if you could get some of them in front of you now and, and, and say that to them, you know, saying if you don't agree what Rowett's tend to do, then do, do it differently. I think what they come back at you with is say, well, what he'll do is he'll drop me. And he'll put yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. And that's it. And they'll say, at the end of the day, they'll say, look, you know, this is my livelihood. I need to pay me my mortgage or whatever. So I'll, I'll do what the manager says. You know, and, and that's it, and that's that's all we can do. But you do get the feeling, and I'm I'm a great believer in, you know, clubs will always say, oh, no, the dressing room's fine, he hasn't lost the dressing room, the, the, the players are right behind the manager, the spirit's great, blah, blah, blah. But you get a sense, and I got this sense at Blackpool, and it, it was the same under Holloway, but not a lot stronger then. You just get a sense that the players aren't particularly in agreement with how he wants to play, but they're thinking, well, it's our job, we're contracted to the club. I'll- Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I'm gonna keep me placing the team. I'll, I'll, I'll do it, you know, and they're perhaps going through the motions. But, I mean, the players must be bored playing like this, surely. But for me, the telling thing is, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but when we lost 2-0 home to Luton a few months back, yeah, um, Jed was quoted as praising um, uh, Nathan Jones and the way he plays yeah. football. 
And he, I think he even went as far as saying it would be great to play for him. And I think yeah. a few people picked up on that and thought, what? You know, is he saying he'd love to play for Nathan? And like I say, you can perhaps read too much into that. But, you know, a player like Jed, who's, who's so creative, you know, creative players don't want to be stifled. And and you get the you get the feeling, and I, I we might come on to it later, but I, I mean, I, I felt this with George Evans at Blackpool, that players are, are having to play a certain way. Again, Billy Mitchell, when he first broke into the side, he looked a fantastic player. He looked really like he was confident yeah. enough to go forward suddenly he's been called the new you know he's been told he, people are slagging him off saying oh he doesn't he doesn't go forward enough and you think well he's clearly been told to do this um and i sort of for the first time i sort of got involved in the the, the, the row it row it out debate after the blackpool game i wasn't advocating getting rid of the manager but just saying that the tactics he's playing you know aren't going to work. He's got to change his tactics, otherwise we'll be changing the manager because because the players, the players are happy. No, like, I I'm sure they're not. No, I fully agree. I mean, Kyle, we've spoken about this before plenty of times. I think personally that there's some big characters in that team. You've mm. got Jed, who's had transfer rumours for the last month yeah. or so, and he's you know whether or not. He's been really injured, or it's an alleged injury, or whether or not he's been, you know, you're not going to play till the transfer window shuts, mm. or, or whatever it is. But I think that, you know, looking at looking at that tweet, what come around the other day, or the the, the WhatsApp message will come around. I'm not going to read it out. If you've seen it, you've seen it. If not, ask a friend because I'm not going to read out stuff what we don't know whether or not it's all true or not. Yeah. But it's okay talking about it in theory. Is that there were four or five players named in there? What? don't necessarily think it goes back to the long term of what we've said for months on this show is that what I've said and, and, and Kai and, and Omar have agreed with is I don't think Gary Rowett is a people's manager. I think his his man management skills. I don't think are there. I think his tactical skills and, and knowing football inside out head and shoulders there. Absolutely. Can't fault the fella on it, but there's a difference between being really good at football management and being really good at people management. Hence why I think we kept Pearson. I mean, why would you keep a player like Pearson, old, not mm. really got the legs, not really got yeah. the pace, but you're keeping him on because he's great in the dressing room? Mm, well, definitely. you know, it, you know, there's loads of speculation about There's speculation that, you know, um, Barrett might be going. There's speculation around there. There's speculation about this, that, and everything else, depending where you want to believe and what you want to believe. But I think it's simple. I think Rowett isn't a people's person. You know, you look at you look at that post again, go back to that, where people say all he does is comes in and out and says hello, goodbye, uh, doesn't really talk to people. Well, I'm not being funny, but if I worked for someone who didn't really speak to me, didn't give me the time of day just a hello, goodbye, mm. I'd be pissed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. be wanting to, to work my nuts off for him. Um, <laughs> there we go. I, 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 I don't know, Kai. Well, go on, Murph, go on. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't want to hog it. Um, just going to touch on the fact, someone put uh, the <coughs> sorry, the video of Neil Harris, <coughs> excuse me, Neil Harris after the Gillingham game yeah. last night. He's won his first game in charge and the Gillingham fans sort of cheering him and him sort of, and someone said, like, you know, they missed that passion. There's been a lot of to and fro in on, on Twitter, at least. Some people saying we should get Harris back and some people laughing that off, and I, I don't think we should, but people are saying... What we're lacking is that that connection that Harris had. He, he sort of connected with the fans and the team, 
And you obviously you get that with an ex-player. But we have, we've had it with managers that haven't been ex-players. I think I made this point on Twitter earlier. People like John Duckerty and Kenny Jackett managed to have that where you, it, it gives the team a bit of energy when they feel connected to it. But then you get the other managers for whom it's just another job. And, as, you know, I like Gary Rowett. I rate him as a manager. But I think he sees this as it's just another job. And if he was to walk in the summer, his attitude would probably be, well, I've got on my CV, I've got three seasons of keeping Millwall in the championship and two of them, maybe all three of them, in the top half, which looks good because of the resources they've got. I think that's it's just you know, he probably is a bit of a cold fish, and that probably only gets you so far. Maybe that's that's wearing that's what's wearing thin now. Sorry, Ty, you have a go. <laughs> that's right, mate. No, I was just gonna. No, I think um, I, I agree with what, I agree with what everyone says before. I think that I agree with you, Matt, what you said, Murph, about how you know I definitely agree that I think um, he, he needs to you know Rowan needs to change his tactics. Um, I don't know. I feel like we played four two three. I think we changed out to four two three one yesterday for a little bit. Uh, obviously, Malone was taken off. Like Murray Wallace went to left back. Um, I didn't think we improved that much after that either. Um, I don't know what you thought, Mickey, but you know, I didn't think the system change worked then either. In fairness to Rowe, he did he did bring on three attackers and he did he did roll the dice quite early on. So you know, may, maybe it was just last night that both teams cancelled each other out because. Preston, I, what Rowett said after the match was that Preston came here for a point and they were happy with that. Um, I didn't think either, t- either team deserved to win it and I think probably a draw was a fair result but the fact that we couldn't break Preston, break Preston down maybe shows that we're lacking, we're, well, we're definitely lacking that, you know, that maybe attacking midfielder that hopefully Luke Freeman will bring us. Yeah, I think Cole last night on, you know, on the commentary, he turned around and said, you know, what we need to do in this game is as soon as we kick off, is take it to them, run at them. And we didn't do that. And the problem is, as soon as we don't do that, then that gives them chance. I mean, they were, you know, they were following down deep. They were shutting off everything and trying to run through them. You know, they were, we were light in the midfield. We should have just, you know, as soon as we come out second half, we should have just changed the play right up. Should have brought Jed, should have brought, you know, Yuri on, should have brought some pace. I mean, you know, again, Mahoney. Mahoney allegedly is out of favour as well. Why are we keeping him? Do you know what I mean? And there's some people on Twitter going, oh, well, if we're paying his wages, what do you want to do? You know, why should we? Fuck him. If 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 he's not playing how you want him to play, don't put him in the team. Put someone else in. Where, you know, where are all these youngsters? I mean, don't get me wrong. The Sutton boy, keep him at Sutton. He's not ready yet for the championship. And I think if you bring him in too early, you're going to destroy him. Just let him play in there. Maybe next season, bring him up to a League One club. And, or, or if, you know, Sutton do well or whatever, just... Slowly bring him in, but Lovelace is played. Bring Lovelace in, bring some pace into these teams and players who actually want to play for the badge and have a go and just just go for it. When he's played 4 4 2 a few times, the team are behind, the team start doing well, the fans start getting on the team, and, and everyone works as a unity. It, it go and go back to a point where you said a little while ago, Merv. I agree with you, I think this is a CV exercise for him. If he walks away at the end of the season and he can walk away and say, I was at charge at Millwall, kept him in the championship for three seasons, another championship club will go, well, he's, he's stabilised the team, we'll have him here. Regardless of what went on, because he's got that excuse, well, he'll always have that excuse of, I inherited a team, what the ex-manager picked. And it goes right back, which I'll come, I'll come to you at this point, because it's, you know, if, if, if Omar was here, this would be Omar's view on it, is... We have no system 
of deciding how we want to play. Every time a new manager comes in with a new structure, that's how we play. When do you believe really that at Millwall we probably need a like a director of football position who basically says, This is the way we're going to play. So the board choose this is the style of play we're going to play. And basically, these are the players what fit into that criteria, and they're the players we're going. So it doesn't matter who's in charge. All we don't we don't necessarily look for a manager. We actually look for a coach, or we look for a, you know, or we have a manager, but we'll have a coach. You know what? What does more of a coaching role uh, um, and let them go? I mean, what's your views on a director of football and a style of of Millwall play? Um, personally, I think under Harris. I think what it is, I think it depends what level you're playing at. I think when we were in League One under Harris, I know for a fact he had, he wanted every team. And this is something that Stevens and McCleary also did, you know, like 20 odd years ago. And at every level, back then it was the academy level, now under 18, under 23s. I think Harris decided to have to play a certain way right through the club at every level so that it was easy to bring players in or to progress players through from the youths. I think that's great at League One level, but the, the gap now in the Championship is, is so vast in terms of um, the quality. You know, look at the sort of football Fulham play and Bournemouth play, um, you know, and even sort of someone like Blackburn who play playing good football. You've got to, you've got to be really you've got to really be a, a very very good coach to sort of to, to sort of compete with that sort of thing. And, and it's I think too simplistic to go down that route, perhaps. Um, I just think we've got to be more positive. I mean, Rowett came in and his, his assessment of the club or the team was that we were a team looking to avoid relegation. He wanted to be a team looking at the top six. It was great. It was a, you know, it was a breath of fresh air. And at the time, up until the, the, the lockdown, the Forest, the, the 3-0 win at Forest was a great example. We brought in, you know, um, Mason Bennett and he looked great. And we were positive and we were, you know, doing... And it seems we've come out of lockdown or come out of the, the sort of COVID sort of time... And suddenly it's all, you know, just, just, let's just not lose. And the Blackpool game being a classic example, he's after, his comments after the match was he was hoping to attack them with a bit of pace off the bench later on. But then when they took the lead, that sort of changed. But, you know, why not just attack teams with pace right from the bloody get, you know, right from the get-go, right from the first minute and, and get on the front foot? Maybe that's not great away from them, but certainly at home. You know, you want to be taking the initiative. And I think... What we saw last night was almost like two teams playing like an away team, in a way. That's what it sounds like yeah. to me. Yeah. No, I totally away agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Both of them were very, very cautious, mm. didn't want to didn't want to concede a point, didn't want to concede a goal, mm. and, and were outplaying each other. And, mm. you know, that's that's the problem um, with a degree with, with how he's playing. Um I do think, you know, modern football is a lot difficult to what it is. Maybe the players aren't necessarily, you know, keen for the international style of, of tactics. Maybe they want a four four two style attacking in their face sort of run. I mean, I don't know. Kai, any any thoughts on that? No, I think um I don't know, it's a difficult one. I'd like to see for as formation wise, I thought Yesterday, four two three one looked quite a good for formation in terms of the, you know, the way we we changed it up. We've tend to done quite well when we go four two three one. Um, even though I don't think that five at the back or three at the back is is ne- is you know 
very it's all you know that hands down negative i think it depends how you play it it depends if you get your wing if you get your wing backs high and you get them attacking you can cause overloads and it can be quite attacking it can be quite um you know overlapping and it can be there's big overload and you've obviously got more bodies full more times of scoring um so i just think we'd maybe play the five at the back in maybe potentially the wrong way i think i think that's really how it i think that's why we look defensive. I think we just don't we don't exploit the the areas that if we exploit it, we'd look a lot more a lot more attack inside. I mean, we yeah. talk about we talk about um, Isaac Olafi at Sutton, and I know yeah, I think it probably is a bit too soon for him. But then we also mentioned how a phobia. Well, I think we've got a chance of signing a phobia permanent end of the season. I think Stoke have decided he's he's not he's not wanted. But I think potentially um, a phobia and Olafi could be the, like, the dream partnership in a way. So you've got two quite contrasting players there but again as Kai rightly said you need like an overload of, of, of um, possession and, 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 and up front you know you need to be any striker will tell you you'll need eight to ten chances per game to get a goal and at the moment we're getting one or two chances if that but the uh, you know the Alafi kid and with a phobie could be that sort of that's could be the sort of the answer to our, our goal scoring problems if they get the service and you can imagine if we've got someone with pace, someone like Bury raining the crosses in, and we're getting creating chances. You know, when a phobie's on his own, or when Bradshaw's on his own, he's he's easy to sort of smother and he's easy to handle. But when you've got someone like who's big and physical and quick, like Alafi, with a phobie or Bradshaw, or or even Bennett, then then it's you know it it, it, it opens up things, makes things more exciting. Whether Rowett is prepared to play that way, I'm not so sure. Yeah, and I reckon that's probably a good part to. Uh end um part one and then uh we'll come back with a chit chat with me and kai um a couple of bits of news and stuff but um yeah we'll do that so look thanks very much merv uh for joining yeah. us tonight we will get you back on we're going to be yeah, doing definitely. a round table we're going to be doing a round table shortly um and again if if there's anyone out there who fancies want wants to look at trying to secure a place on the round table debate um, what we're looking to plan in March, um, later in February, then uh, yeah, just get in touch, give us a shout, and we'll look. We've got a few places available, uh, and it'll be good to get a good mixture of of fans with an opinion. Um, and obviously, you don't mind being on screen and you don't mind being on audio. So, look, if that, if that's you and you feel like you want to be involved in a roundtable debate, it is going to be an open debate. We are big boys; we can we can have a proper debate about stuff. So, if you do want to do that, get in touch. But look, we're going to end part one here and we will be back straight after this. Thanks very much. See you in a minute. Welcome back then. Part two, the final part. couple of bits on here. Um, what we do and then uh, and then we'll end the show as such. But um, two things. There's a, there's a tour um, going on in March, which takes you around the Isle of Dogs. Um, I think there's a Facebook page called Beyond the Blue. Um, with full details, and we we do some details on on our pages going forward uh, with a link to it, where you can go for a tour around the Isle of Dogs. Me and I did it um, last year. Fantastic tour. It's it is a good few hours, um, but it is a great tour. Uh, value for money. You get to see all the old where all the old grounds are, such where the the stadiums were. You get a lot of history with it. The tour guides who do it are very, very knowledgeable. I did record something with them last year, which um, we'll probably put out maybe over the weekend so you can have a listen to that and listen to the tour guide 
uh, tell you what's what. Um, and the other one is um, we received something this this week from someone. Uh, if that was you who sent us something, please get in touch because uh, we'd like to say thank you and, and speak to you about it and just see whether or not there's something that, um, you know, you want us to talk about, um, you know, someone donated to the show and we much appreciate for that. So, again, you know, if that was you, then please do get in touch. Let us know if there's a certain uh, bit you want to talk about or whether or not you want to come on the show yourself. Um, so it's much appreciated um, for that. And, yeah, I mean, I think a couple of bits. Merv's always a good guest and he'd be good on a round table, Kai. I mean, he has a valid, a few valid points there, doesn't he, that the team just doesn't seem positive at the minute. No, I think I think he does, yeah. I think, um, I don't know, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because... We went against West Brom on Saturday. I thought the last sort of forty-five minutes, we were second half. I thought we were different, different, different team to the first one. Anyway, um, and then we go into the Preston game. We look just look like the old. We just like the first half of ourselves, probably a little bit, you know, with a little bit less energy and a bit less um, creativity than you know than the, than the whole game yesterday. So, um, no, it's a difficult one. I think I'd like to see us just try and go a bit more attacking and just sometimes just say, right, we're just going to attack this team. I'm going to go for it. Because if, if they attacked from the start and we lost 3-0, um, but we had we had, we we looked to create stuff, I'd have no complaints. Because all I want to see is a little bit of, I just want to see a bit of att- attacking football, a bit of entertaining football. And, and if we still lost, then that's, that's you know, that you can't do much more. No, I totally agree with you there. I think that's, that's it. And I mean, yeah, a little bit of positivity, I think will bring, you know, the fans on side and everybody, you know, We'll, we'll keep on side but it, it's like what we said before as soon as you lose the fan base you're fucked um, there, there's no going back just ask Rowett just ask Steve Lomas just you know ask ask most of the team look at you know Neil look at everyone the manager who goes the managers always end up losing uh, the fan base and it, and it always ends in tears um, I don't know mate I don't know what the answer is Um I don't know. But look, the good news is Omar will be back the next show. Unfortunately, he is working today. Um, Let us know your views. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you know, recast or, or, you know, uh, you're listening to it as a podcast, you're walking the dog or, or, you know, you're going for a run or doing whatever you do, just let us know what you feel, you know, um, add a review, add a comment. Um, Make sure you subscribe to it if you listen to it on a podcast. Um, little things like that actually help us out with regards to the charts, get us exposure and different angles, get more people listening to it, which obviously increases the level of debate we can have around. We read all the comments what are made, so all the people on YouTube, etc., etc. Many, many thanks for all your comments. We do read them. They are great, and we're glad that you um, you like the show. We've been going a little while now, but again, all those little bits and pieces really, really help. You can follow us across social media. We are on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. We are on uh, Twitter. Um, and make sure to subscribe to us on uh, YouTube. And again, you know, that gives us benefits, gets us picked up more on their algorithms and everything else. Um, we're doing really well. So, you know, all of you who are subscribing, thank you very much. Uh, really, really do appreciate you, you, you know, supporting us in that way. And we just ask that you continue. And, um, and I suppose that pretty much brings us to an end for this week's show. Uh, no game on Saturday. 
which will be a bit weird, but no doubt we'll be back straight after the weekend uh, with a show of some form or another, because obviously we've got Fulham on Tuesday, which is going to be a uh, terrifying experience. But knowing Millwall in the way that we do, we're probably going to we're probably going to Fulham and beat them, because um, I think that will probably sum our season up so far. And it's always good to look and end the show on a high note. So I've been Mickey Simpson. This has been that Millwall podcast. And that guy sitting next to me, just over there, is Kai. So thanks very much for joining us. And thanks very much for being my co-host tonight, Kai. No worries, Matt. I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. No worries. That's it. See you again very shortly. Bye-bye. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly, like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.